today. Our sermon will be coming, we'll be looking to God's word in Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. So we're going to still be remembering the Christmas story, seeing how Jesus, our Savior, was born and how that message came to the first people who heard it. So we'll be in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. If you want to turn there, that's where we'll be. And I know we have a few more kids in here than maybe we normally do. So what was yesterday, kids? Does anybody remember what yesterday was? Christmas? I thought it was just Saturday. It wasn't just Saturday. It was Christmas. I'm glad my daughter's here. She laughs at all my jokes, so it's good. (laughs) So, yes, yesterday was Christmas. And what's the best thing about Christmas? No wrong answers, except if it's a wrong answer. What's the best thing about Christmas? Presents. That's a good answer. Emma, what's the best thing about Christmas? Jesus' birth. Look at that. Anything else? What are some other favorite things? Even adults can shout out. What are some of your favorite things about Christmas? Food. Food. Great. Yes, family. Time spent with family. Well, sometimes, whether we're adults or whether we're kids, we really love receiving gifts or giving gifts, right? Christmas is a time where we can show love to those that we are close to. And sometimes drawback for a lot of us to when we were kids, sometimes there's like that one thing that like you really, 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 really want. Did anybody ever remember whether looking back, you're an adult now, or kids, that one thing you wanted to get yesterday, or adults, that one thing that you wanted like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, whenever that would, may be. There's sometimes that one thing that you just, you really wish you could get, but you know it's like highly unlikely you'll get it. For me, that was something called a starter jacket. Does anybody remember starter jackets? Okay, for the kids, they're these big like puffy jackets that had your favorite sports team on them. And when I was about third grade, everybody had already gotten them. My family didn't have much, so it wasn't like something that I was going to get, just like, oh, let's go out and buy a coat, we're going to get this jacket. But that Christmas, I really, really wanted it. So I got up early Christmas morning, and I went to the tree. And I look around and look at the shapes of the boxes, and there was nothing big enough that could have been that big, puffy jacket. I mean, these these things are big. Like, there were boxes like... The biggest one was like this size. It's like, is there a big puffy jacket in here? No No way, right? Kids, can there be a big puffy jacket in here? I mean, some some have faith. (laughs) But most most are saying no. So I go back to bed disappointed because I did the like, scoot out to the tree like super early and then scoot back to bed all sad. Not wanting to wake up because it's like I'm not getting the thing I wanted. But then... We get up and we start opening our presents. And wouldn't you know it, these things can like pack down really small. And this, I wish Chris was in here. Chris Rackley's a Duke fan. So my favorite team was North Carolina's college basketball team. 
their Tar Heels. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I got the one thing I wanted. I was so excited. I was ready for school to be like the next day. I was going to get to like stroll in, strut my stuff, have my nice bright blue jacket. I was going to tell everyone. I wouldn't even need to tell everyone. I would just show everyone the glory that was the North Carolina Tar Heels. Chris, you missed it. You missed my big illustration. I was ready to tell everyone the good news of the gift that I had received that Christmas. And the unfortunate thing is, I grew, but the jacket didn't. And I played outside hard, and the jacket didn't stay so shiny and bright and clean. And the thing that I really, really, really wanted for Christmas would only last for me three years where I would still be able to kind of stuff in it and kind of wear it. We're going to read today about the revealing of a gift for all people that doesn't lose its glory, that doesn't lose its usefulness, the thing that people longed for and longed for and longed for and didn't disappoint. We're going to see the first communication to people other than Mary and Joseph and their relatives before, that the Messiah indeed was born. And we're going to see that this message was not communicated first to the people you think it would be told to. It wasn't told to kings or priests and religious rulers, but to lowly, dirty, night watchmen shepherds, that the good news of the Messiah being born was proclaimed by an angel and the heavenly host to these lowly people. So we're going to see that today that the good news of Christmas, this great gift, is for all people. So if you have a clipboard for notes, kids, if you didn't grab that already, they're over there. But I see most of you have them. The big idea today is that the good news of Christmas is for all people. So let's read this story, seeing the greatest gift that never grows old and that will never fade in its glory. Let's look to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. you will be a, there will be a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, 
as it had been told them. Let's pray, asking that God would encourage us this morning about the good news that a Savior was born. Let's pray. God, we are grateful that we can take time and pause again today to remember Jesus' birth and what that means for us. We pray that as we remember that we believe and trust you, and that as you've made promises that are yet to come true for us, we pray that we would believe that your word is true, that indeed you are coming back and we will be with you in paradise forever. And God, as we wait for that day, would you help us to proclaim the good news? Would you help us to want to tell everyone about how great you are and the love you have shown us by sending Jesus to rescue us? So God, as we look to your word now, would you have our hearts stirred to be like those shepherds who first heard this good news? We need your help to do this. And would you help the words that I say be true? And would you help them to stir our hearts to praise and wonder of you, our great and holy God? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, we're going to see that the good news of Christmas is not just for us here in this room, but it's for all people. And it's not just for the shepherds who first heard this good news, but it is for all people. So with that being said, we need to understand what is the good news, okay? So we're going to talk about what is the good news. Well, we're going to start kind of backwards here. It's we have good news because there's bad news first. So we have lots of kids in here, so we're going to have a lot, of, a lot of question and answer. What's the bad news that we need good news to answer? Emma. Yes, there's brokenness and sin and the curse as a result of that sin, and there's separation from God. So there's a problem, okay? So if you're taking notes, you can write, under the good news, there's a problem. The problem is sin. If we look at our Bibles and start at the very beginning, God created everything good. But really, really quickly, after the world was created good by God, sin entered the world, and that had a big effect. If you remember back to our Advent gathering, there's this video we watched on our first one on December 1st. I know that seems maybe like forever ago, but it told the whole story of the curse that was the result of sin that separated people from God, and that was horrible, that there was no way back to God because of sin, but then God made a promise. So there is a problem, but then there's a promise, and actually a lot of promises that God makes so part of the good news is that God promises that the bad news won't be bad news forever, that he will take care of it. So we see promises to Adam and Eve. We see promises to Noah and to Abraham and to God's people and Moses as he's leading them out of the land of Egypt and into the promised land. And we see promises to David and through the prophets that God would remember his people and it wasn't just the Israelites who would receive the good news of the blessing of restoration in relationship to God. But he promises to Abraham that 
Israel would be a blessing to all nations, that the good news of the promises of restoration and relationship with God would not just be for the Jews, but also it would come to other people. So there's a problem, and then there's lots of promises in the Old Testament that there would be one who would be born and would crush the curse in Satan and defeat death and restore right relationship with God. And as we read this morning and as we've been reading over the course of time through December, whether in our Advent gatherings or on Sunday mornings, there's lots of prophecies that show us what this Savior, what this Messiah will look like. Shows us descriptions of what he would be like. It shows us, like we saw this morning, that he would be born in Bethlehem. Kids, if you have your Bibles open, do you see anything in this story this morning that connects with what we read earlier from Micah? Where, where does it say he was born in this story? Chaniel. In a ma- you'll find him in a manger. That's good. But what town, where do we see? Yes. So in this text, in Luke, it says the city of David, which means Bethlehem, which we read earlier from Micah that the Savior, the Messiah, the Christ would be born in Bethlehem. So we had these promises and we had these prophecies of where we would find this great rescuer that was promised and that was needed. And we see Jesus fulfilling these promises. Now we're only at the very beginning of the fulfillment of these prophecies, right? We're here right the same night that Jesus was born. So we don't have the full fulfillment of prophecy here in this section of Luke. But as we read the Bible, we see there's lots of things throughout Jesus' life that were prophesied about him and that he fulfilled. So there were promises of the solution to the problem. And I've kind of already given the answer. So kids, what is the solution to the problem? Amelia. Yes, so Jesus, who is called in this text as the angel, says to the shepherds, said, is born a savior who is Christ the Lord. So Christ isn't, Pastor Rob says this frequently, right? Jesus Christ. Christ isn't Jesus' last name, but it's a description of who he is. He is the Messiah. So the solution is that Jesus was born to save a people and to rescue them, to be the fulfillment of the promises from God. So the good news is that a Savior is born. That's the good news of Christmas. A Savior is born. There are a lot of prophecies that talk about this. We talked about Micah. We read last week Isaiah chapter 9, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. There are lots of promises that came true when Jesus was born. So we see the good news of Christmas is that Jesus the Messiah was born. And who is this for? The second part of our big idea, it is for all people. The good news of Christmas is for all the people. Let's look at this section of Luke again. Look at who first received the good news of Christmas. 
its shepherds. Verse eight, and then in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. So let's pause and think about this. Again, this great news of like the big promise of a Messiah coming to rescue God's people that generations upon generations upon generations of people, who were the first ones to hear about it after it happened? It was shepherds who were watching their flock by night. So as I'm like thinking about this, it's like, okay, who can we think about like modern day? This is like your nighttime grave shift factory workers. Like out of nowhere, angel appears, the lowest of the low, grimy, dirty, hardworking, they were the first to receive the good news of the Messiah being born. It's crazy. This isn't, like, when you, when you think about how God's going to do his work, so often in the Bible and as we read it, we're surprised that the way we would anticipate things happen, the way we would expect things to happen, that's not how God frequently works. While he's actually already told us how he's going to work, we kind of create our own like, okay, obviously this is how it's going to happen. We even see that through Jesus' life as they expect him as he grows older to overthrow the government that is oppressing his people. Jesus turns our expectations of fulfillment upside down. He comes not to religious rulers or kings. He comes to dirty shepherds. So he he comes first to the shepherds, and how do we see him come? He comes by an angel appearing in the dark of night. So kids, have you ever been like out camping or out in the woods at night, like away from the city, away from street lights, where only the lights you only have are like the stars and the moon? Have you ever been out like that, where it's like super, super dark, and it's hard to see, and if you don't have a flashlight, you're not going to find your way? Well, that's kind of like these shepherds. There's no like street lights out in the middle of the fields as these shepherds are watching their sheep. And then all of a sudden, an angel with great light, like poof, comes out of nowhere and starts talking to them. I don't know about you, but I would be kind of scared. Would you be scared if an angel like popped out of nowhere in the middle of nowhere and started talking to you? Yes? No? I had some kids last week, I was down in Frankfurt and um, preached from this text as well. And a lot of kids were like, no, no, that would be awesome. It's like, no, you would need a diaper. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to control yourself. This would be scary, right? But what does the first thing, what is the first thing that the angel says to them? The angel says, fear not, don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. God is holy and big and majestic. And sometimes when we don't have this big interruption of a great angel or great light or booming voice, we can forget how big God is. But he tells through the angels, these shepherds, to fear not even though they are afraid because this majestic, glorious, out-of-nowhere appearing happens to them because there's good news with Jesus' first arrival. There's good news because a Savior is born. So Jesus' 
first coming comes with good news, where God is telling the first hearer of, hearers of this news to not be afraid. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful for us because we are also recipients of this good news that a Savior is born. But it also, as we look forward to Jesus' second coming, we see that while the first coming was one that was not to be feared but to be celebrated and longed for, for a lot of people, Christ's second coming is a fearful coming. So as we look forward to Jesus' second coming, we, his people, are longing for because he's going to make everything that is wrong right. He's going to fulfill all the promises he has for his people that we will be with him forever. But those who are not in God's family, those who have not called upon Jesus to save them, what the angel says here to these shepherds will not be true in God's second coming. That his first coming was for blessing and for restoration, and his second coming is for judgment. But the good news is that this message of the first coming is for all people. The news came to the shepherds first, but then as the story unfolds and as Jesus has people who follow him and acknowledge him as Messiah and Savior, and as he commissions them to do work for him by the power of the Holy Spirit, we see that this good news is not just for these shepherds first, or even the, then the Jews, but it's for all people. Matthew 28, in the Great Commission, we see that Jesus tells his followers to take this good news of God coming down to rescue his people to the ends of the earth until he returns. This good news goes to all people. And again, it's not just this good news goes to all of the important people. It goes to people who even the Jews who first believe in Jesus didn't think deserved to hear the good news, to the Gentiles, to all the rest of us. It's not for the wise or those who think they're smart but it's to the simple. And it pleases God to reveal these things to people with childlike faith. The good news of Christmas goes to all people. First, to unlikely hearers like the shepherds who are told not to fear because of the good news. And then to other Jews who were waiting for the Messiah, but then to all people through their proclamation. And why does this good news spread to all people? Well, it's because God commands it, but it's also because there's a real heart response from the hearers of the good news. So we're going to look in our text in verses 8 through 20 for a minute to see people hear and tell the good news of Jesus. And that's how it goes to all people. So who are the first hearers again, kids? Who are the first ones to hear that Jesus was born? The shepherds, very good. So the first hearers are the shepherds, and do they keep it to themselves? What does the story today show us? Do they keep it to themselves, Chaniel? No. No. What do they do? If they don't stay quiet, they do what? They tell everyone. Yeah, they tell everyone. They tell people the good news that was told to them. We're going to see a pattern for us as well, that we who have heard good news 
are to also not just keep it to ourselves and just hear it, but we are to believe it and to tell it. So we see that like the shepherds, we need to do a few things. So they first heard and they believed, okay? So kids, the shepherds heard and they believed. They're responding in a way from this good news from the angel and they believed. How do we know that the shepherds believed what the angel said? Does anybody know how we can see that the shepherds believed what the angel said? Emma. Yes, they went. Their actions showed that they believed what the angel had told them. What do we see them do? When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, which means quickly, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So they told Mary and Joseph what they had been told from the heavens, this great thing about their child, Jesus, who was born. But they also went away glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, and they kept telling people what had been told them. So the, the first people who heard about Jesus' birth believed it. How do we know that? They were telling people. If they didn't believe it, they wouldn't be telling people. They wouldn't have even left their sheep. Now, we don't know exactly, like, it says they went with haste. We don't know, like, oh, no, we need to get these sheep into, like, the pen so they're safe. Or did they just run down to the city and forget their sheep? All we know is they went quickly because they believed what was said. They went to check it out. And then they told. And then the final thing we see the shepherds do is glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So just like the shepherds, we need to respond to the good news of Christmas by believing, by telling, and by worshiping. So this good news of Christmas, kids, that I'm sure you've heard all throughout the month of December, that Jesus, a Savior, was born, that we celebrate Jesus' birth, as we've been talking about that in church and hopefully in your homes all throughout December, what do we do with this? So as you hear this story over and over, and guess what? You're going to hear it over and over again in about 11 months. We're going to start it all again in December, talking about why it's so great that Jesus was born to be our Savior. We're telling you these things because you need to believe that God has shown great love to you, that even though there's the problem of our sin and the effects of sin and what we earn by our sin, in the letter to the church in Rome, Paul writes that what we earn by our sin is death, but there's a free gift available to us through Jesus Christ that we need to believe that, to be reconciled or made right with God. And the good news is that he has done all the work for us. So what do we do with the good news of Christmas that is for you? We believe it. And then when we believe it, there's something that happens within us that makes us want to tell other people about this good news that a Savior was born. 
So for those of us who are adults, kids don't often have a tough time talking to people. I know some kids are introverts and don't like talking a lot, but I think most kids like, like to talk about the stuff they're excited about. But for some reason, that kind of goes away as we get older sometimes. Now I know there are some of you in this room who are still like extroverts and like love going and talking about what you're passionate with people. But sometimes we're like conditioned to like, why do you talk so much? Why are you so excited? Tone it down. Settle down a little bit. As a father, I say that maybe once or twice every hour. <laughs> but sometimes we're conditioned to not tell the good news so much. Obviously, I'm not telling my kids, don't talk to people about Jesus. But the things they're excited about, I, I, calm down just a bit, Right? But as we grow up, as we believe, and as we are commanded to take the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to all people until he returns, we need to remember that this good news that we believe, we need to tell people about it. Just as the shepherds are kind of struck by the glory of the angel and the heavenly host, proclaiming to them that Jesus was born and praising God as they do it, we need to do what the shepherds did and tell people. This is often what happens when we first believe, right? And I know this is the shepherds first hearing and believing. So I can't say, and the shepherds kept proclaiming for the decades of their life after. We don't know that. But what we do know is God has commanded us to tell of this good news to all people until he comes back. So we need to follow suit just as the shepherds did. And then finally, as we wrap up, as we celebrate the good news of Christmas and that it is for us, even people thousands of years later, thousands of miles away from where Jesus was born, we need to worship God. So when we believe, it should cause our hearts to worship and glorify God. Let's look at our scripture again. Verse 20, And the shepherds returned to where they were, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They glorified God because it was amazing news. And not only did they receive amazing news and hear it, they went and saw that a baby indeed was born, wrapped in swaddling claws, lying in a thing that holds feed for livestock. When they went and saw that was true, they returned to where they were and glorified and praised God because they knew the Savior had been born. The one who they had longed for, the one who God's people had been given promises would come, he was born and they worshiped. And just like the shepherds, we need to continue to praise God for what he has done. We need to praise God that not only was the Savior born, but he did everything that he was going to do. Did everything necessary to be the Messiah. And we praise him and worship him for that. So we, like the shepherds, need to believe the good news. We need to tell others about it and we need to worship God. And going back to the beginning about whatever you might have received yesterday that maybe you really, really wanted, or going back some 
28 years ago when I received this lovely jacket that I thought was the best thing in the world. I don't really tell people about this jacket anymore. I guess I do today, so that kind of ruins it. But I don't talk about this jacket anymore because it doesn't have any use for me. It's not valuable anymore. The good news of Christmas never loses its value. It's something, this gift that we received, the gift, as Rob talked about last week, we need to keep telling about this gift that never loses its value. And unlike a coat or a toy for a certain age group, this gift, the Messiah, Jesus himself, isn't just for one type of person. It's not for a person that fits a size seven. It's not for kids 10 and up. Jesus is for all people. So as we go and remember the good time we had over this past weekend, or if you have more family gatherings today or through the week, let us remember once again, I know we've been preaching about it, we've been reading about it, that Christmas is all about Jesus and how we long for him to come back. But let us not forget that indeed that night in the city of David, a Savior was born, and that is good news for all people. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have shown us great love. We thank you for reminders every year that we take out about a month to remember specifically that a Savior was born fulfilling the prophecies that he would be and that we long for your second coming. And while your second coming will be fearful for some because it means judgment, it means joy to those of us who believe. So help our hearts long and yearn for you. Help our lips and our lives give praise and glory to you for who you are and what you have done. For you are so kind to us. Jesus, you are worthy to be praised, and we thank you that you laid down your life. We praise you and glorify you, our Savior. And God, for those of us in this room who have a hard time telling people about this good news, I pray that you would stir our hearts to tell more people about the good news of Christmas. That while there is a great problem, there is a great Savior. So would you empower us by your Holy Spirit to proclaim the good news to all people? God, would you make our words fruitful? Would you cause many people to turn from their sin and to trust in you? God, we ask you to do these things, and as we prepare to sing praise to you now, would indeed all glory go to Christ, who was born that day in the city of David. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.